Amen, amen, amen. Going to share some fire with you guys, apparently. This is good stuff. How you guys doing? Good? You sure? You good? Awesome. If I don't know who you guys are, my name is Mitchell, and I'm the cost pastor here, and so pumped to jump into uh, tonight's message. I want to give a shout out again to our first time guests. Anybody first time in the house? Come on, raise your hand, be bold. Let's go. All right. Welcome, y'all. So glad y'all are here. I would love to personally meet you right after the service. Shake your hand, get to know your face, your name, give you a side hug, just say thank you so much for being here. If you have been in our college ministry for a while and it's not your first time and you've never come up to me and said hi, I challenge you, do it tonight. I will be in the foyer afterwards. I want to also give you a side hug and say thanks for coming, all right? <laughs> all right, guys, y'all ready for tonight's message? Cool, cool, cool. We are starting a two-part series on dating and relationships, and we're titling it Crushing It. Everybody say Crushing It. Crushing it. Now, I'm not surprised we got a packed house tonight because you guys knew we are talking about dating. I mean, last week we were talking about the whole world hearing the gospel. Um, how many of you guys were here? I'm just, I'll, I'll spare you. I'll spare you. It's all right. So, crushing it. Cute little title. Let's be honest for a second. How many of you guys have ever crushed on somebody? Come on, moment of truth. All right. If you're not raising your hand, you are lying. Are you even a human in there? You got a heart? Hello. So uh, we're going we're gonna to have fun with this series. The whole hope is we could go on for like 10 weeks here, but we're going to try to narrow it down to two. Uh, this week, we're going to try to lay some foundation on kind of the, just the state of your heart to approach dating healthily, like before you get into a dating relationship. And then next week, my wife, Beth, is going to be up here with me. She's incredible. We're sharing Valentine's Day together right up here on this stage. And we're going to, get, uh, we're going to give you guys a little bit of access into our relationship, have another college staff member interview us, ask us some questions. We just want to open up our lives to you guys, open up our relationship to you guys, um, and share some things that God taught us along the way. Um, the whole point of this series, though, is I have a belief that it is possible to have healthy, thriving, God-honoring, and fun relationships. Amen. All right? Do you believe that? Yeah. Amen. Now, let me give you a, a couple warnings and a couple heads up, all right? Tonight and tomorrow, I will make several of you feel very uncomfortable. All right? <laughs> Somebody just left. I'm just kidding. I I might even offend a couple of you guys. Hi. Now, it's okay. Jesus offended a few people, and we all know who was right in that conversation. Um, but we're also going to have lots of fun talking about this series, all right? So to kick it off with the uncomfortability, we're going to do a little activity together, all right? So... Let me get all my single dudes over there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do, guys. Before we get into the details of how to do a relationship and all that kind of stuff, none of it matters if you don't first know how to interact with somebody that is of the opposite gender. 
You all know what I'm talking about. You show up to life group, guys on that side of the wall, girls over here, all right? So here's what we're going to do. Stand up to your feet. Everybody go ahead and stand on up. When I say go, here's what you're going to do. You're going to find somebody of the opposite gender as you that you don't know very well, and you are going to have a one-minute small talk conversation with this person. But here's your goal. Here's your goal. You ready? Your goal is to not be weird and to not flirt. Do you understand? Here's a couple examples. If you're already nervous, your heart's beating fast, here's a couple things you can say. You ready? Hi, my name is blank. What is your name? What section are you in? How long have you come to church? Why did you come to... Here's a couple examples of just some questions you can ask. Ready, set, go. One minute, small talk conversation. Walk across the room. Find somebody. Let's go. Come on. You can do it. Come on. You can do it. Find somebody. Good job, guys. Keep talking. Somebody. If not, that's okay. Why don't you go ahead and give your new friend a high five? Go ahead, exchange numbers real quick. Just kidding, don't do that. <laughs> Head back to your seats. Way to go, way to go. All right, sit down, sit down. All right, we're going to keep going. How was that? Was it good? All right, hey, hey, listen, listen. You will thank me later, okay? Yes? A little awkward. But you did it. You talked to somebody that's not your same gender. Wow, give yourself a pat on the back. Go ahead. Way to go. All right. That's fun. Okay, I got a couple questions for you guys, and I need y'all to participate by raising your hand, all right? So you got to tell the truth here. How many guys, if you're honest, you would like to get married one day? Shoot your hand up, all right? Awesome. Okay, I see a couple Pauls in the house. <laughs> Good luck with that. How many guys are currently in a dating relationship with somebody? All right. Cool, cool. Hands down. How many guys don't know if you're in a dating relationship? Don't answer him. I'll rebuke that guy later. Don't worry. All right, another question. If you're not 
already in the dating relationship, or if you are, how many of you guys want to date in a way that is honoring to God? All right. I thought so. I thought so. I was in the right room. But how many of you guys can acknowledge, honestly, that you might need a little bit of help, a little bit of guidance in learning how to actually do that? Anybody <laughs> humble enough to admit that? Okay. That's why you're here. Believe it or not, guys, the Bible talks about dating. Why don't you turn in your Bible real quick to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. Now, I'm going to prove all you skeptics wrong, and I'm going to prove to you that Jesus himself, the Son of God, the Messiah, talked about dating. You don't believe me yet. <laughs> Matthew 24. You know why I think he talked about dating, guys? Because you know what dating is? Dating is a relationship between one human being and another human being. Meant to honor each other, encourage each other, serve one another. That's what dating is. And I, I want to submit to you that Jesus spent the majority of his time actually talking about how to have relationships in a God-honoring way. He talked about loving, serving, encouraging, blessing, forgiving another human being. And that is the very foundation of what dating even is, is learning how to purely, genuinely love and serve someone else and honor them above yourself. So therefore, Jesus' favorite topic is dating, because he talked a lot about it, all right? Matthew 24, you guys there? If you're there, say I'm there. All right, catch you up to speed here, what just happened. In the beginning of chapter 24, Jesus said some confusing statement about a building falling down, and of course, his disciples are like, what did you just say, Jesus? In verse 3, here's where we go. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And these are all the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Let me stop there. It's a light reading for tonight. <laughs> Doesn't this sound a little bit like dating, you know? Tribulations, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, you know, delivering you up to be killed, all that stuff, you know? Just kidding. No, that's not what I mean. <clears throat> Jesus is talking about the, the, the end of time, the generation that's approaching his coming. And he says, here are some things that are going to be happening in the world today as he gets closer and closer and closer to my return. Okay, in the next few verses, he narrows in, though there's messes going on worldwide, he narrows in specifically in what's going to start happening in regards to relationships with other people. Verse 10, he says, then many will be offended. Everybody say offended. Yes. They will betray 
one another, will hate one another. The many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now Jesus is prophesying here that as time gets closer and closer to his return, relationships are going to be a mess. They are going to be messed up. People will not be crushing it when it comes to relationships. There's backstabbing. There's betrayal. People's love for each other is growing cold. And I think if you're honest with yourself, you see that happening with relationships all around us. The media portrays it all the time. You see it in movies. You see it in friends. And unfortunately, guys, it's not just everybody out there, outside of the church walls. It's within the church as well. Brokenness in relationships. But in the midst of the brokenness, I believe God is doing something. Look at the very next verse, verse 13. It says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Here's what I think God's doing. I believe he's, in the midst of the brokenness, he is raising up a generation of people that know how to endure and know how to overcome that know how to do relationships his way. People that have strength in their hearts because they don't avoid every relationship, but they get into the battle and they overcome and they forgive and they bless and they pray for and they encourage and they get into the game when it comes to relationships and they don't check out and give up, but they go for it, they endure. It doesn't say here that these people just, hey, see you later, I'm not in this mess. They are in it and they're enduring. And I believe that God is inviting us to be a generation that endures. That amidst the brokenness, we press in, we learn how to love other people, even though it's going to cost us something sometimes, even though it's going to be hard sometimes. But we're going to endure and we're going to overcome and we're going to be a part of healthy relationships. We're going to be beacons of hope in our generation that is looking for hope. How many of you guys have ever looked for like a hopeful relationship? Something that you can model and example. I know you guys have my... My now wife and I, we looked for it. Where are the models? Where are the examples? Some of your parents had great relationships, but a lot of your parents didn't. Some of your friends, very few of your friends, had relationships that were God-honoring and pure, but also fun. (laughs) But I believe God is inviting you guys to be a part of a generation of people that rise up in in this day and age to be hope for our generation that's looking for it. I guarantee you, if you walk into your classroom tomorrow and you start talking about relationships that are full of life, that are joyful, that are pure, people are going to be like, what are you talking about? That doesn't happen today. But I'm telling you, it does. And I believe that you guys can be a part of that very thing. And here's what's so cool, guys. Don't miss this. When you endure, when you're part of this generation that I believe God is raising up in this time, there's another kind of icing on the cake, cherry on top thing that we get to be a part of. Look at the very next verse. Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. You know what privilege the people that endure the onslaught of attacks from the enemy in regards to relationships, you know what they get to be a part of? The gospel of the kingdom spreading all over the world, a.k.a. the greatest story on planet earth. Jesus spreading his glory and his kingdom all over the world and then beckoning his return to the planet. 
That's what's at stake here, guys, when you talk about dating and relationships. If you don't get caught into the drama and the hardship and the heartache, and you press in, you forgive people, you don't idolize dating, you move beyond it, you worship Jesus first. If you push through and go through the journey, you know what's at stake? You get to be a part of the greatest move of God ever recorded in history. The gospel of the kingdom spreading all over the world. This is a big deal. It's a glorious deal. And I know some of you came here just for a date. But I believe the Lord's inviting you into something even greater than that. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray for us. I believe the Lord's going to continue to stir our hearts and give us some insight into how we can practically partake in being a part of this generation. So, Lord Jesus, thank you that you're in this room. Your presence is here. God, we see, it is easy to see the brokenness in our world when it comes to relationships and dating. We see it. But, Lord, I pray, open up every eye in this room tonight to see that you're also raising up a generation that's different, that's set apart, that's going to be hope in this generation. God, I pray that we would arise and shine for your light has come. You have anointed us to be agents of hope in this generation. And Lord, I pray that every one of us would be a part of healthy, godly, joy-filled, thriving relationships. And I pray, Lord, lots of people in this room would marry each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Why are you laughing? I'm serious. Here's what we're going to do the rest of our night. I'm going to give you some kind of foundational building blocks to all relationships in your life. Okay? Then I'm going to give you a couple foundational building blocks specifically for dating. Okay? And then we're going to wrap it up with a few practicals of what on earth do I do? How do I ask a girl out? How do I do this stuff? All right. You'll be thankful when you leave. All right? We've got a resource for you. Um, it's right up here. Here's what we'll do. Um, can I just have one of them? I'm just gonna... This resource here is super helpful. What we did here is we took over 50 verses in the New Testament that have the phrase one another. The Bible is full of verses and commands about how we treat one another. Serve one another. Love one another. Forgive one another. Bless one another. Honor each other. Outdo each other in honor. You guys tracking with me? It is full of verses like that. This is a foundational building block if you want to have any sort of healthy relationships in your life. Roommates, friends, classmates, professors, a significant other, so on and so on. You have to have this, the Word of God, engraved inside of you in living this stuff out, okay? We printed off a whole bunch of copies. It's very, very simple. There's 55 of them, and we're going to have them at the back door with the, can we get the welcome team to have these in their hands and just pass out folks, or pass these out to folks to come out? Great. Does that make sense? We want you leaving with this. We'll also email it out, but it is incredible. So I need you guys to know these verses, pray these verses, memorize these verses, get them tattooed on some part of your body, whatever it takes. <laughs> know the word of God. One specific thing I want to highlight that Jesus highlighted in Matthew 24 was this, the whole topic of offense and forgiveness, all right? How many guys have ever been hurt or offended before by somebody? 
All right. What about somebody that's like another believer? Like someone that's in the church? (laughs) Well, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me today about this. You ready? I've been hurt and offended too, but it's time to get healed and move on. There's some real hurt. There's some real pain in this room. I'm not trying to take that lightly. But you know what? As a believer, you know, you have, instead of like having a right to be offended and hurt, you have a right to be healed. (laughs) You have a privilege to be healed. Instead of holding grudges, you have a privilege to forgive and bless and walk free. The great privilege of being a believer in Jesus is that you don't have to be trapped by the very things that hurt and pain in relationships do to us. I believe that Jesus wants to heal hearts tonight from painful things. Maybe it's regarding a past dating relationship. Maybe it's some other sort of relationship. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. You don't have to carry that pain for the rest of your life. You can be healed. There's been some people that have done some real mean things to me, okay? Some people that are super close to me, some people that I don't know anymore. They've done some mean stuff to me, all right? But I'm not wounded. I'm healed. Because Jesus is a healer. He's not just one that, like, catches up to you and tries to keep, like, you know, putting Band-Aids on wounds. No, he heals completely. And, in fact, dare I say, he even makes you stronger than where you were before. <laughs> That's the privilege of being a believer. And also, I believe that there's some, some folks here with that hurt, with that pain, maybe that's caused a little bit of, some, some grudges or some bitterness or some unforgiveness. And I believe Jesus is like looking you right in the eyes and saying, it is time to let that person go. Yes, they did wrong you. Yes, it was evil in my sight. But you will be in bondage until you forgive. He wants you to be free. I believe the Lord Jesus is going to invite some of you guys to let people go tonight. And through that, you're going to get your healing. Amen. You guys want to walk out of here healthy and healed and whole? Me too. So apply those scriptures, and those are your building blocks, foundational building blocks for all relationships in your life. Now we're going to shift gears into some foundational building blocks into the whole dating realm, okay? Things that need to be in place before you try to enter into some sort of dating relationship, all right? And I call these the four no's. Everybody say the four no's. Now, I don't mean N-O, I mean K-N-O-W. Are you ready? First one, know how to relate to the opposite gender. We already practiced that. Way to go. Add this tagline at the end. Know how to relate to the opposite gender without being weird or flirty. (laughs) The second no is know your identity. Everybody say identity. Identity. The third no is know your season. Say season. season. And the fourth no is know How to surrender. Everybody say your favorite word, surrender. Surrender. (laughs) That actually is one of my favorite words. So I'm going to break those four no's down. But before I do, I want to make sure, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure you guys know that I did not do this whole topic of dating perfectly. Okay? So I'm going to share some of my beautiful breakup stories. Okay? It all starts way back in eighth grade. <clears throat> Anybody remember the eighth grade dance? Cool, cool, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a thing. 
So I, uh, you know, there's so much pressure, eighth grade, you got to go to the eighth grade dance. It's like the first formal official dance that you've ever been invited into. And, and so one of my buddies was bringing uh, a girl, and I'm like, all right, I got to bring somebody too. So I don't know, I think I roll a dice or something, I don't know. But I picked this girl that I think I saw in between classes one time, I don't know. And uh, so I, I somehow say, okay, great, you're going to go to the eighth grade dance with me, right? And she says, yes. Now, I thought my buddy, while he asked his girl to be at the dance with her, that I thought he also was like, hey, you want to also be my girlfriend? I thought that's what he said. So I was like, well, I guess I got to do that too. So I said, hey, uh, you want to dance with me still, right? And she said, mm-hmm. Said, do you want to be my girlfriend too? She said, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> so... It was, it was just, and fi- just fireworks were flying, y'all. It was crazy. It was crazy. We saw each other, like, in between classes, like, one time, and we walked, like, right next to each other. It was awesome. We go to the dance, you know, we're, like, eight feet apart, just kind of like, you know? That was a cool move back in the day, you know? Just bopping the shoulders. Turns out my friend wasn't dating the girl, and so after the eighth grade dance, I'm like, well, okay. It was like at the end of the semester, so I think I like said hi to her one more time, and then we went into the summer and didn't talk to her for like three months. And then we showed up to ninth grade, the fish camp before uh, high school, and we saw each other, we said hi, and it was kind of mutually understood that we weren't like, you know, dating anymore. <laughs> I kinda, it was confirmed when she said, hey, you know, my friend over here, you should probably ask her out. I was like, okay, I think we're done. Uh, so then I started dating her friend, anyways. This is all before Jesus, all right? All before Jesus. Fast forward. I was actually talking to Beth about it before I came, and it turns out I actually never officially broke up with that eighth grade girl, so Beth and I are still, you know, working through that one. (laughs) Anyways, fast forward to junior year of high school. This one was a little bit more serious, okay? We had cell phones. We had cars. We actually went on dates, all right? And this one is... I just want to be real with you guys. It, is, it has some of like, the most encouraging things that came out of it, and the most hard and things I'm most ashamed of came out of this relationship. One is I got saved. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I was not following Jesus. This girl had just recently given her life to the Lord. For some reason, she started dating me. And uh, a couple weeks in, she would ask me questions about God, and I'd be like, yes, I believe in God. Stop asking me those questions. They feel so nervous. And then ended up going to a couple church services with her, and at the second one I went to, the pastor shared the gospel clearly, and I was like, I know I don't know Jesus. Raised up my hand and gave my life to Jesus, and that life marked me and changed me. I went from death to life. I'm so thankful for that. But like I said, there's things we did, impurities that we fell into, that, I, like, that had produced shame in my life for years. The reason I share that with you guys is, one, to make sure you understand that not, no one on the planet does this perfectly. Okay? Your college pastor and his wife, we did not do it perfectly. Do you understand? We were not, like, you know, just floating until we finally met each other at the altar and, you know, we were guarded from all things of this world. This didn't happen. Okay? Are you with me? We're all on a journey. Okay, but, but as God got a hold in my heart, he, he healed, he restored, he wiped away my shame and my guilt, and he gave me hope 
And he gave me victory in this and entered into my relationship with Beth with confidence that we're going to do it God's way. Next week, come, we're going to share a little bit more about what God did with our relationship. So no one is perfect, but we can all learn something. Here we go, the four no's and building blocks of getting ready for, being, for dating. Like I said, number one, know how to relate to the opposite gender. Okay, without being weary, without flirting. All that means is just learn how to be a friend, guys with a girl, girl with a guy. Okay, I'm not saying be best friends with them. Guys, your best friends need to be guys. Girls, your best friend needs to be girls. That is healthy. That is right. That is good. But for me, this was huge. I literally spent several months while I was in college. One of my top prayers was, God, will you please help me learn how to just be a simple friend to girls? Lord, help me, because how, there were so many times I'd meet somebody, and I, a girl, and I'd shake her hand, and she was smiling at me. I knew she loved Jesus, and I was like, oh, is this my future wife? <laughs> yeah, my name's Mitchell. Good to meet you. Mitchell wife. I mean, Mitchell Welch. Mitchell Welch. Uh, <laughs> it was hard. That was what was going on inside of me, okay? I needed help, so I prayed, and I said, Lord, help me. It's okay if that's where you're at. So at Life Group, don't show up and pretend that the opposite gender doesn't exist. I've just seen it before my eyes. You walk into Life Group, there's a group of girls, a guy walks in, he's like, oh, hey, guys, thanks for having me at Life Group. Good to see you, bro. What's up? Just say hi, all right? Stop being weird. Look at your neighbors. Say, stop being weird. Okay, second building block. Know your identity. Know your identity. Guys, this whole topic of dating and relationships does not affect your identity whatsoever. Did you know that? Who God has made you to be does not change based on the ups and downs of relationships. For ladies, it's, I think, easy for you to start thinking, well, no one's asked me out in a while or ever, so... Man, does that mean I'm not desirable, I'm not beautiful, I'm not worth much? That could not be further from the truth. You are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. He did not bring you into this world by accident. He gives you purpose and destiny. Ladies, listen to me. You are more than enough. No matter if any guys ask you out on a date, no matter what your dad did or didn't do, you are amazing, worth so much because God made you. He loves you so much. Guys, it's easy to think, you know, I asked a girl out once and she said no. guess that makes me a loser. I'm never going to get married. Man, I must not be a real man. Shut up. Don't do that. You're okay. Guys, I broke like four or five, in my history, four or five different girls have broken up with me. I'm not a loser, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's all right. Okay, you're not a loser. You're a mighty man of God, gentlemen. Can I hear a strong amen? Amen. You're a man of God. You have a great purpose and a destiny in this life. God has given you a specific assignment from heaven to fulfill in this earth. No matter what happens, the ups and downs of relationship, you have a destiny given to you by the Lord. Amen? You are a man of God. 
What happens when you believe into these lies, guys, for girls? If you believe these lies that you're not worth much, you start grasping. Start grasping for things. Start dressing differently. Start flirting. Start, you know, giving signals. You start telling your friends to tell that boy that you like him so that he will ask you out. That's not healthy. You're, you're, you're grasping. You're reaching. God is faithful. He will take care of you. You are okay. But you've got to know your identity, that you are secure and you're beautiful just the way God made you. The most beautiful women on the planet are the ones that are secure in who God says that they are. <laughs> really, it's true. Guys, if you believe these lies, um, it can cause you to sink into depression and self-gratification. Commonly, it turns some guys into pornography, masturbation, lust. It sucks you into yourself. And God has more for you. He has so much more for you. He has a purpose for your life. He calls you a mighty man of God. Guys that know their identity and are secure in who God says they are, those are the most attractive men of God. Amen. Women want to follow a man of God like that. Third thing, third no, is know your season. Everybody say season. season. Simply put, think about, is this a good time for me to be considering a dating relationship? How do you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the next question. You pray and ask God. And you ask wise people around you. That's how you know if it's your season. This was tremendously helpful for me coming into college. It was thankfully one of the things I prayed about as I, the summer before getting here, freshman year. I was a freshman in 2006. And I was praying. I was praying for revival for A&M. And I was also saying, Lord, what about my future wife? Lord, what do you have for me? And, uh, and I felt like... And over weeks and weeks of prayer, I felt like this little phrase came to my mind in that question, which was, after A&M. So after I rebuked the devil a couple of times, you know, I didn't want to get into those prayers, you know. I landed with, all right, Lord, you're inviting me into four years, so after A&M, of not dating anybody. And guys, that was tremendously helpful for me. He's not going to say that to everybody, but it was so helpful for me because what it gave me was focus and clarity when I had opportunities to make decisions, okay? And I did not do it perfectly. Sophomore year, I told a girl, hey, I like you, but it's not a season for me to date right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no from experience, don't ever do that. Ah, you've done that recently, repent on the altar now. <laughs> Listen. Mistakes made, personally. What it did just, is just kind of, I mean, the girls, she expressed the same thing to me, but it was not helpful. We went on this several-month journey of whatever we were, and, uh, and it was not helpful. She asked me a couple times, what are, what are we? I was like, man, it's not my season to date right now. I still like you, though. Man, idiot. Anyways, so it just... Made her feel trapped. It, made it, she wasn't, it wasn't clear. It wasn't helpful. It was confusing for her. And it was like this unhealthy attachment to me, even though we weren't anything. So thankfully, over a couple months of that, she said, all right, Mitchell, whatever we are, we are done. <laughs> and I said, ah, oh, man. But I moved on. I got healed. 
by Jesus, and I learned my mistakes and moved forward. And I'm so thankful, y'all. This is a little bit more of, maybe this will speak to somebody, like, in many of these past relationships, every time, except for the eighth grade dance girl, I, I like, had the thought, maybe I'm going to marry this girl, okay? Just, I want to say that because I know some of you feel that, and then you're, like, in this, and you're like, well, is it ending? And I hear, God, you got to get that out, okay? You got, you got to be free of over-spiritualizing things, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess you up a little bit, Okay? It was clear, it was over, it was done. I prayed, I moved on. It's, you know, this, the, it, we sealed the deal when I found out a couple months later they started dating somebody else and then they got engaged and then they got married, okay? Obviously, I misunderstood and interpreted what I thought God was saying to me. And I'm so thankful because now I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the world and it wasn't that girl sophomore year. You tracking with me? Ooh, this is good. <laughs> Going deep here. All right. General encouragement. You ready? This is going to offend some of you, but that's all right. I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. General encouragement. Ready? Freshmen, sophomores. I mean, if you're in a dating relationship, that's great. No, no harm. But I encourage you to, to just, you got, you got more, like, to pursue and, and grow in and learn. And college is, like, long. So, like, just, just, just like, calm down a little bit with this topic. You're Okay. You okay? You okay? Juniors and seniors, a little bit different story. I would say start praying, start seeking God. Seniors, you're about to graduate. Guys, get off your butt and ask somebody out, all right? <laughs> all right, let's keep going. Last one, here we go. Know how to surrender. The fourth little foundational building block, know how to surrender. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's simple, but unfortunately, um, in, in the Christian culture, the number one idol is not some statue made out of gold. It's not your, it's not your cell phone. So that's up on the list sometimes. It's not media. It's not this. The, the number one idol, I think, in the Christian culture, especially as you get into your stage, your early 20s, is marriage. Marriage is awesome. I am married. I'm so thankful. But guys, it is a really bad God, an idol. It won't satisfy you like you think it will. So you've got to get to this place, and it's going to take time. Sometimes you'll, boom, get the breakthrough, but continually laying down uh, your desire to be married. Now, let me clarify something. It is, is it wrong to desire to be married? No. Here's what a prayer could look like if you want to try to surrender to the Lord in this area. Lord, you know my heart. I want to get married one day. I want to be a husband. I want to be a father. Or I want to be a wife. I want to be a mother. Lord, you know my desire. You created me. You know me. But God, I don't want to live for this. I don't want to breathe for this. I don't want every conversation to have with my friends to be about this. Lord, I want to, I want to be about you, Jesus. I want you to be my first love. I want you to be my one desire. And Lord, I trust you that if for whatever reason, marriage is not for me in my life, I trust you that you are good and that you know it's best for me, Lord. I surrender to you, Jesus. Pray that prayer as many times as you need to. Because a life of surrender in this topic is a life of freedom. It's a life of freedom. All right, last but not least, y'all ready? I'm going to give specifically the guys some how-to's. If you have learned, 
Don't miss what I'm about to say. If you have learned to relate to the opposite gender, if you are growing in your confidence and your identity, if you know it's a good season because you've prayed and you asked wise counsel, and you have surrendered this to Jesus continually, then what do you do if you like a girl? Come back next week. Bam. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of late on time. I'm just kidding. No, stay there. Stay there. Um, okay, let me, for sure, let, me, let me give you some for sure don'ts. You ready? I've already covered this one. Don't tell a girl you like her, but you're not in the season to date right now. Don't do that. Uh, don't ask several girls on a one-on-one coffee or meal just because you want to get to know your sisters in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or go, don't go out of your way to bless them, buy them gifts, and write them notes just, you know, to treat them like sisters. The only exception... <laughs> The only exception to that is if as a group of multiple guys, you want to bless a group of multiple girls, and it's clear you're not like individual notes, I'll take that girl, I'll take that girl. If you want to bless your life group, that is fine, but don't go out of your way because it's sending girls wrong signals. Another for sure don't, don't text girls privately, whether to ask for something random multiple times. Or to ask, how are you, sister? <laughs> Just want to care for your heart. You're my sister, you know, so how are you? You're the only one I'm texting this question, even though I have other sisters, but I mean, how are you? <laughs> Guys, listen, this is so funny. Senior year, okay, I liked Beth for a long time before I asked her out. Now, if I would go back in time, maybe I would have shortened that season, but that's all right. I texted her. After like a, a, a banquet that we were both at, and in my text, I said, hey, Beth, this is just as a friend, so don't take it the wrong way, but you looked really beautiful tonight. Uh, man, man. All right. Man. I mean, I guess, I guess it did work, I guess. You know. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do that. <clears throat> she was with uh, her roommate who was engaged, and her uh, fiancé were there when, when she got that text at her apartment, and she, like, showed it to her friends. Her friend was like, as a friend, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then two weeks later, we were on our first date, so it was great. All right, last for sure don't is don't ask five different girls out in a span of five weeks. All right, that landed a little heavier than I anticipated. But yeah, don't do that, please, okay? All right, uh, girls, real quickly, I'm going to just say it simply. If you like a guy, the role of a girl is just go before the Lord and surrender, 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 surrender. Just give it to Jesus. Just give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. And then after you give it to Jesus, give it to Jesus. Okay? And, um, you know, your, your, your thoughts, okay, you need to, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 3 through 5. You can write that down if you remember that. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says that we could take captive every thought and put it to the obedience of Jesus. So, girls, it's not going to be helpful for you to start meditating on this guy that you like. I wonder if he'll ask me out. I wonder how he'll ask me out. I wonder where we'll go on our first date. I wonder where we'll get married. <laughs> and, like, he hasn't even done anything to give you a signal. They like, you got to surrender that to Jesus because that's not going to be helpful for your heart. 
Guys, if you find that you like a girl, here's a couple of things you do. First is you pray. Okay, you go to the Lord. God wants to be involved in this area of your life. Do you know that? Okay, he wants to be involved. Now, as you, I'm not talking like a five-second prayer. Lord, you know I like her. Should I ask? Okay, I will. <laughs> I'm talking like take some time to pray, to seek the Lord. And while you're praying, don't go on like a five-month fast or like a fast from food or five-month fast from like seeing this person you like. Cause I can't, I don't want to you know, mess up with what I'm hearing, God. So I'm going to just avoid her for five months. <laughs> and maybe, God, you'll speak to me in these five months, God. You turn around, and she's like, graduated, moved away. You're like, what? Where'd she go? Okay, in this span, while you're praying, be around her, okay, in a group setting. <laughs> Don't say, hey, I'm praying about something. You want to go get coffee? Um, I'm just praying, I'm praying about something privately, you know, but I just want to hang out with you one-on-one, you know. It's called a date, Okay. So hang out in a group setting while you're praying, and it's not just a five-second prayer, um, but it's also you're not waiting until an angel shows up. <laughs> okay? Okay, that's the first thing you do. Second thing you do before you act is you seek wise counsel. Okay, Proverbs 24, verse 5 and 6. It says, a wise man is full of strength. Men, do you want to be full of strength? And a man of knowledge enhances his might, for by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. How many guys want victory in the area of dating? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Listen, you need to invite wise counsel. So, true or false? Wise counsel means your freshman roommate that has never been on a date. True or false? Oh, eh, eh, no. Okay, wise counsel. Your sophomore roommate that's never been on a date. False. Your junior, senior, super senior that's never been on a date. They're not wise counsel. Okay? Wise counsel would include someone that is in a healthy dating relationship, but I would even say specifically try to find somebody that's married. Okay? So within the college ministry, there's several people that are married. You got the Ruses. You got the, the, the Rhodes. I don't know if the Rhodes are here. You got the BRs. You got the Joneses. You got the Welches. You got the Coles. Okay? It's amazing. That's a lot of couples. And guys, there's a lot of married couples in this church that literally they ask me, hey, I want to help out. I want to minister. I want to pour into college students. They are looking for you guys And I want to encourage you and remind you, you have access to them. You can pull somebody aside on a Sunday morning. You can pull me aside. You can talk to us. And I want you men to take initiative and seek wise counsel in this area. Amen? Amen. Last but not least, after you pray, more than just five seconds, but not for five years, and you seek wise counsel, if you're getting blessing and you feel like there's a green light from the Lord and there's a green light from wise counsel, then go for it. Okay? Don't wait around, be passive, and like wait for God to kind of like float the girl, right? While you're praying, Lord, I surrender. Whoa, hey, will you marry me? (laughs) Doesn't work that way, all right? Sign up for the process, and God is going to be faithful to help help you out, all right? You guys tracking with me here? All right, just trying to help you out. Let's stand to our feet.
All right, guys. So hopefully um, you're getting a few tips here from this message, but more than that, I think the Lord really wants to minister to many of your hearts tonight in, in a really, I think, deep and, and powerful way. There is definitely a lightheartedness to this topic, but there's also a measure of, of seriousness. Because I know many of you guys, you're, you're thinking about this often, okay? And you, and you want help, and you genuinely want to honor God in this area. Nod your head if that is true for you. I know it's true. I see it in your hearts. That's why you're here. And so there's a couple things I think the Lord really wants to do tonight. I mentioned it earlier, but I think Jesus really wants to heal some of your hearts that might be hurting from past experiences with dating relationships. He wants to heal you. So if you have hurt, as I say this phrase to you, and you're like, oh, yep, that could be me, then come receive prayer tonight. Now, leaders, I don't want you coming forward yet because if anything I say applies to you, then you need to get prayer, okay? <clears throat> Second thing, I think some of you need to maybe forgive someone that's hurt you in the past uh, in regarding dating or relationships. Some of you, God wants to restore your identity. He wants you to know that you're a mighty woman of God or a mighty man of God. That women, he sees you as beautiful and amazing. Men, he sees you as a mighty man of God. You're strong. You're handsome. You have a great calling and great purpose on your life. Some of us, actually, a lot of us, need to surrender this whole topic. It's fine to want to be married. It's fine. It's great. It's actually good. But it's not fine to, like, live for it and for it to be your one thing. And last but not least, none of this message means anything if you don't know Jesus. So let's close our eyes for a second here. I just want to ask a simple question. I'm not trying to be emotional, not give you any hype. If you're in this room and you know, you know what, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. I, I feel a little distant from him. You keep talking about Jesus, telling these stories and praying, and I don't even know what that means, it looks like. So if you're here and you don't know the price he paid for your salvation, the hope he can give you, the forgiveness of your sins that you can have in him, and you want to make him Lord of your life tonight, then I want you to boldly go ahead and shoot up your hand right now. I think tonight could change your life. Go ahead. Just across this room, anybody's here and you're saying, I want to give my life and surrender it to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You put your hands down. You can open your eyes. You ready to rejoice? There's two people that just went from death to life tonight. Um, if that's you, not definitely I can put you on the spot, but I highly encourage you, before you leave, tell the person you came with and said, I, I raised my hand and I want to learn how to follow Jesus. Or feel free in just a moment to come up to the front and receive some prayer. So leaders, you guys can go ahead and come forward if you um, want to pray for some folks. If you don't want to pray for folks or just receive, then you can stay where you're at. That's fine. But I'm going to pray for us. And if any of those things that I mentioned, healing in your heart, forgiving someone, restoring your identity, need to surrender... Or if you just gave your life to Jesus and you want to receive some prayer, then as I pray, just start coming. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you that your spirit is obviously here. You're the God of salvation. There's no salvation apart from your spirit being present and near. And not only, Lord, do you want to bring hope to people for the first time in their life, but Lord, you want to bring healing to us. You want to bring breakthrough to us. You want to bring grace to forgive and bless. You want to restore identities. Lord, and I ask that you, we would all come from a place of surrender to you, Jesus. Move in our hearts so we respond to you in whatever you're doing. Thank you. In Jesus' name.